Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we're back with our final segment with Nick Pope. Nick, we are talking about how Heineck was changed dramatically from the Lonnie Zamora Socorro, New Mexico case of the uh, police officer. Uh, that really, really changed him, didn't it? Yes, I think it's interesting. With some people in this subject, it's a gradual process whereby they change their minds. Uh, but with, with others, it's almost like there's a single moment, uh, one case, one revelatory moment. Let's go to Dave in New Mexico to get us started here. Go ahead, David. Hey, gentlemen. Um, yeah, it just so happens that I'm, I live here in Socorro County. Oh, wow. I, yeah, um, I never did get a, it didn't occur to me to attempt to see if, uh, if I could uh, talk to Lonnie before he passed a few years back, but I, I do know that the current sheriff here in Socorro County, and I'm, I'm certain that he would have talked to him probably uh, many times. And so sometime I'll, I'll talk to our sheriff and see what he knows and, and share anything, any news. Oh, please. You. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. The, um, um, so I had two other, uh, two part question on the UFO thing, but, but first of all, since you mentioned the X-Files, the, uh, writer, producer, Vince Gilligan, uh, of the X-Files mm-hmm. went on to, to create and head write and direct and break breaking bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, uh in the, the pilot of breaking bad the, 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 before it was cool. And when we were, we were filming that scene in Walter White's house in his living room, I was a, an, an extra uh, background, and I was also the stand-in for, the, for Hank, the DEA agent. Uh-huh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, fun, funny thing is, is that there, in, in that scene, there was, there was some action and some dialogue uh, between uh, Hank and Walt uh, in the party scene in the, in the living room. And, and I, I, I saw where the, how I could make the, the, uh, that action and that dialogue uh, even funnier than what it was. And I said, and I told Vince Gilligan about it. He was the he was in the room doing the directing, and uh, he he immediately cracked up and thought that my version was better than than his, which was I thought was pretty cool because he was uh, you know such a polished uh, writer director, and, and I and I bested him. Um, but uh, any anyway, they didn't they didn't change it because you know they'd have to change too many things. But uh, anyhow, that was kind of fun. That's cool. Um, on the UFO thing, a two-part question, and I'm sure it's been asked and answered uh, many times by many different people, but if we're being uh, visited, um, I, I don't see, I mean, as far as my personal view goes, I don't, I don't really understand why any uh, 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 beings visiting us would go to such great lengths to try to hide it from us. And then the other part of that is if they're uh, hiding from uh, we the people, but in contact with our government, you know, why is our government so afraid of uh, letting us in on it? Always that big question, Nick. Why don't they want us to know? Well, I think the taking the second part first, I think um, it's, it's to do with governments obviously exist by projecting power and authority. So to acknowledge that not only might there be things that they don't know, but there might be things more powerful than them, I think takes government to an uncomfortable and difficult place that they don't want to go. To the first part of the question, I would say it, it's probably the anthropological 
principle. If we're being visited, clearly we're not going to have anything to teach the extraterrestrials about science, technology, uh, etc. But they'll be interested in us, I would think, uh, if they're interested, uh, in us as an emerging civilization from a, a sort of, as I say, an anthropological view. And that being the case... Obviously, uh, I hate to use this phrase, but it's almost like the Star Trek Prime Directive. The moment you land on the White House lawn, the cat's out of the bag, and you get this kind of cultural contamination. So the only way to observe us in our natural form is not to make that outright open contact. It would seem, Nick, that the ancient aliens who visited us in the past were a little more well-known and didn't seem to hide themselves as much. Well, maybe that's because uh, in, in prehistory, if that theory is true, then we were dealing with clearly civilizations that didn't have the, the kind of interconnectivity that we have today, uh, didn't have you know, photography, video, didn't have a media so so if something happened in a particular location it's not like it would be instantly known all around the world and proven beyond reasonable doubt it would just be a story uh, an experience for people who happened to be on the spot when something happened east of the rockies brian in indianapolis brian go ahead hey george good morning morning Hey, I, I apologize if this connection is bad. It's like uh, two above with the wind chill of 22 below oh, right now here. Ouch. No doubt. Hey, Nick, it's an honor to talk to you again, sir. Thank you. And my wife loves your British accent, by the way. She's kind of jealous that I'm, I'm had the opportunity to talk to you tonight. <laughs> She's always – there's a couple of questions. While I was on hold here, the guy, the gentleman before me kind of uh, asked, why is it so difficult uh, for the uh, – for the federal government to, under, to, to comprehend that the George Norrie's army, the people that listen to the show, already understand that the, that the aliens have already visited us. But here, I, I got another question that was even more important. What would, what would if they revealed that aliens have visited us, which they have, what would it do to the world religion? Because I watched an old ancient alien uh, show over the weekend, and that question was posed. So what would it do to the world religion if they would reveal that, yes, extraterrestrials have visited us? And I'll take my answer off the air. And, George, I'm hoping to see you in Columbus on May 11th. Oh, super, I, Brian. You come up I and got, introduce got yourself. wife talked into it. Perfect. Perfect. We'll uh, see you at the meet and greet as well. But uh, go ahead, Nick. Well, yes, religion, again, it, it's, it's always at the you know, forefront of, of what people are perhaps most interested and sometimes concerned about. I, I think there has been some research into this. Many of the world's religions are thinking about how they would respond to this, and they all say that they would be robust enough uh, to in incorporate this new information. And I, I've heard Catholics, for example, say things like, well, if we find there's alien life, it will just prove that the glory of God's creation is bigger and more expansive than, than we had known previously. So no problem. But I've heard atheists say, well, you say that, but wait till it happens. And I think it, it's a classic case of no, 
no plan survives first contact with the enemy. I, I think it will be a challenging time for all the world's religions. Didn't the Catholic Church also say that the belief in extraterrestrials does not negate one's belief in God? Yes, yes, they did. Um, the former director of the Vatican's um, ob- observatory... Balducci, before he passed away. Um, the, he, he's, I, I met him, actually, yes. Uh, now, let's see, there was Carado, Monsignor Carado Balducci, but uh, the, the person I was referring to was um, Jose Fuenes, I think. Um, but they all, they both, and, and indeed other... Uh, prominent people have said there is no doctrinal objection to the existence of alien life and indeed intelligent extraterrestrial life. But we'll see. We'll see when it actually happens how this unfolds. It may be very different. They talk a good talk, but we'll see. Stephen Florida is uh, with us. First time caller. Stephen, go ahead. Thank you, gentlemen. Sure. My question is this. Would you please... Uh, let me know a little bit more about the demonic activity aspect of UFOs in the past with incidences. I remember an event where in the northern border, border of New Mexico where the government was tunneling into one of their uh, areas and there was a lot of um, things going on where people got killed. And I was wondering if you could relate to uh, that in terms of what, what do we know about demonic activity in UFOs? Well, it's, again, almost another religious question, and it's interesting because there's a passage in the Bible, I think it's Ephesians, where it refers to Satan, and it describes him as, I think the quote goes, the prince of the power of the air. And it's that quote that seems to have convinced a number of fundamentalist Christians that UFO activity is somehow demonic. And it's interesting because Lou Elizondo talks about some roadblocks that he hit in the Pentagon with people who felt this is, this is demonic, we shouldn't be messing with it, because once you start interacting with it, you, you know, you, you feed it, so to speak. Um, and there were some similar problems in the British government, too, with that kind of belief. I, I think it, my own view was it got in the way of the more serious scientific research into this, when people threw up their hands and said, it's demons. But that view's out there, and, and again, you know, one has to, one has to accept that, that some people do believe that. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.